0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Did you know Herod mixed up John the Baptist and Jesus? In Matthew 14, he wasn't sure who was who. And for us, when we read our Bibles, we often encounter the names of individuals who ruled in governments throughout history, and it can be really easy to mix people up. I mean, why did they give multiple people the same name? As Matthew 14 begins, we meet Herod the Tetrarch. And to eliminate any confusion, back in episode two, we talked about Herod the Great, the guy who ordered all the babies to be killed when Jesus was born. The Herod we read about in Matthew 14 is a different guy. He's Herod the Tetrarch, the Herod who had John the Baptist beheaded. Tetrarch means ruler of one quarter. So Herod the Tetrarch in Matthew 14 ruled over one-fourth of his father's kingdom, and his father was Herod the Great. And generally speaking, it's a pretty safe bet to assume every mention of Herod throughout the rest of Matthew refers to Herod the Tetrarch. And here's what you should know about this Herod. Like I said, his dad was Herod the Great, the guy who had all the babies killed, so he probably didn't have a great role model as he was growing up. Herod the Tetrarch divorced his first wife to marry Herodias, the wife of his half-brother, Philip. Long story short, it's basically an incestuous relationship according to Jewish law. And you should know, John the Baptist began his ministry under Herod the Tetrarch's rule, and this Herod didn't like John's ministry. Now, when we read Matthew 3, we didn't talk much about who John the Baptist was. So let's do that for just a moment. John the Baptist's arrival on the scene was pretty significant as the Israelites hadn't received a prophet from God in 400 years. They'd gone 400 years without a messenger of the Lord. But his arrival, it should have been expected as it was in accordance with that which had been prophesied 700 years prior. Just a long time had passed. John the Baptist stepped on the scene in accordance with Isaiah 40 verses 3 through 5, which says this, A voice of one calling. In the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. We'll talk more about John the Baptist when we get to the book of Luke. But for now, you just need to know that he was definitely a guy sent by the Lord who lived a profound life for the kingdom. He taught truth. He wore clothes made of camel's hair and his diet consisted of locusts and honey. It was radical, but he understood that Jesus was the savior and wanted everyone to know truth. And this frustrated Herod. So much so that he ultimately had John the Baptist beheaded. And when we look at that story, the beheading of John the Baptist, I want us to notice two things. First, we've got to recognize what this story teaches us about Roman culture. Herod had beef with John the Baptist, not not simply because he was a messenger of truth. For Herod, it was a matter of personal morality. John the Baptist was condemning Herod's second marriage. You know, the incestuous one? Speaking up against incest is what put John the Baptist in prison. And he was beheaded because Herod made an oath to a party guest, a young and probably immature girl at that, and wouldn't dare face the embarrassment of going back on his word. So without a trial, John the Baptist, who preached the good news and stood up for what was right, was killed. No trial, no hearing. Jewish law would have required a trial, but Roman law didn't. And Jewish law didn't permit decapitations, but Roman law did. And while John's martyr is something we can learn from, how he stood firm in the faith, we also need to take time to notice the assumption Herod made. When he started hearing stories of Jesus, he assumed that John the Baptist, the man of God he had killed, must have come back to life. It's crazy. This assumption helps us understand how some Romans viewed Jesus. At this point, they didn't question his ability to perform miracles and come in power, and The potential of somebody having great power like that was probably quite concerning, and they definitely disagreed with Jesus and John the Baptist's moral convictions. The Romans were able to connect the dots and see that Jesus and John the Baptist were on the same team. Herod was able to look at the life of John the Baptist and the life of Jesus, or at least the stories he was hearing about Jesus, and put two and two together. There's something connecting these guys. I mean, Herod saw the relationship so clearly that he was confused. He thought they were the same person, not two different people, at least at this point in the story anyway. In Herod's eyes, Jesus was kind of guilty by association. It's like Herod heard stories about what Jesus was doing, how he was relating to people, what he was saying. And Herod immediately thought John the Baptist must be connected to this guy, which honestly, That's a huge compliment to John the Baptist. I mean, he might be the only person to be mistaken for Jesus. But do people look at your life and see Jesus like that? Do they hear stories about how you're living and automatically assume you're a Christian? Who do people associate you with? Because John the Baptist was associated with Jesus, and I hope we are too. I don't know if people see Jesus when they see you, but I'm grateful that together, we can help each other look more like him.